Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the positive in the imperfections, whether in homeschool, faith, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, and I am so glad you're here. When I was young, I remember coming home from school every day and sitting down with a lemon and salt in front of the TV. I could eat one right after another if my parents would have allowed me to. I had a whole process to eating them, and it was delicious. I mean, what could be better than lemons and save by the bell? Am I right? My dad would tell me not to eat too many of them, or it would ruin the enamel on my teeth. I would roll my eyes because surely it wasn't that dramatic, and who cared about enamel anyway? Bless. I realized why I should care about enamel once I was older and became self-conscious of the lack of it, as well as the sensitivity to foods. Come to find out, my dad actually knew what he was talking about. In recent news, there has been talk about allowing 11-year-old children to have the legal right to decide if they want a certain hot topic vaccination. Not only that, but in the article I was reading, it stated they would also be able to keep the information from their parents. Excuse me? There are many things wrong with this type of scenario, but I just, I had to come and address a few concerns. Before that, though, I wanted to share the question of the day, which is, who do our kids belong to? Okay, first, as a medical professional, a human brain is not fully developed until as old as 25. 25. This explains a lot of my dumb decisions, even as a 21-year-old. But if that's the case, how can we expect an 11-year-old to know who they are, much less what makes a sound health decision? What child wouldn't want to stuff themselves with processed foods, sweets, or otherwise if given the chance to decide day in and day out? Granted, my kids do pretty well in at least trying healthy things, but If I wasn't to give them any guidance at all and not provide them with the tools to know why certain foods are good and others are not great choices, what sort of health would they possibly be in? What about in the area of taking daily vitamins or medications? Yes, I know there are some children who enjoy the taste of medicine. I used to love that bubblegum flavor kind, but the majority have no desire nor would they remember. Our family doesn't take a multivitamin, however, we do take a whole food product we absolutely love, but still need reminding to take. Yet, there are adults with fully formed brains that suggest a child can make a significant health decision without parental knowledge. I know there's likely a valid argument, such as the need to help those who may be without good parental care, and they do deserve the best care but I'm not going to go into how broken the system is in general. As a parent, it is our job to protect, provide, educate, and lead our children. As a mother, it is my right and charge to make sound decisions that are in the best interest of them until they can make their own decisions. In the Bible, there are situations in which children are rebuked for being brought to Jesus. Do you know what happened? Jesus rebuked right back. And said, quote, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Note that the idea of coming to him as a little child means innocent, 
children are innocent. My heart hurts for children who have to grow up too soon, have their innocence stolen. Yes, this means those who have dealt with neglect or abuse, but this also refers to the innocence that the world steals every day. While I would love to keep my kids in a protective bubble their entire lives, never experiencing pain, disappointment, betrayal, that's just not life, right? Plus, part of life is learning to take struggle straight on and being resilient. That being said, while we cannot shield our children from everything the world throws at them, we also cannot allow the world to completely define how they are raised. Our decision to homeschool was originally a combination of both not being able to avoid the school we desired and not wanting our son to attend public school. Looking back on that time almost seven years ago now, I see that as a moment when a life-altering decision was made and we didn't even grasp the depth or the importance of it at the time. Isn't that how life is sometimes? How many times have you been through something that didn't make sense? Maybe it was so difficult you could barely breathe. And you look back to think, well, that's why that happened. Granted, there are still things in life we don't understand and may never truly grasp the why. But even then, knowing there is a reason can give us a sense of peace. I've recently been watching a show called Poldark. Oh my goodness. I love that time period. The balls, the gowns, the way of living. Well, except for the parts where the people were beaten or killed in war, of course. But there was a time when women didn't have the choice of who they would marry or had to have the approval of either their father or the man of the house like a brother if the dad was dead. It didn't matter if the woman loved a man or not. It was about who was thought to be best for her. Now, while I don't think that that was the best or fair way, I have to admit that in today's current affairs, I wouldn't mind the option of having arranged marriages, and I may or may not already have shared this with friends who would have potential future mates for my kids. Just going to put it out there. The thing I want to point out is how the men of the house were appointed to care for the women until they were able to move out of that house and on with their own lives. Whenever we are given a child, it is not for us to give them the freedom that maybe they want, but instead give them the guidance that they need. We are appointed as their parents to lead them and teach them. In our church, we dedicate our children to the Lord at a very early age and typically it's within the first couple of months of them being born, if possible. Now, I know some religions do baptisms or something along that line, but for us, we dedicate. I was dedicated by my grandfather, and my children were dedicated by my dad, their grandfather. When we had our son dedicated, I sang a song by Sherry Easter. It's called Hannah Prayed. If you've never heard that song, take a listen. If you're like me, you'll be in a crying mess. It's fine, though. It's fine. <laughs> I cried throughout the entire thing. The story of Hannah is just one of beauty. Hannah was one of two wives, and she was unable to conceive for years while the other wife had children. Her heart hurt and longed for a son. She cried out to God to give her a child. She told the Lord that if he would only give her a son, she would dedicate him to the Lord all the days of his life. Hannah kept praying, and finally, she conceived a son and named him Samuel. Once he was weaned, she took him to be dedicated as promised. As someone who has experienced infertility, struggling to think God had forgotten me, fighting the depression that came with my losses, I stood there dedicating my own son that Sunday, crying thankful tears, knowing my prayers were answered, and my life would never be the same. It chokes me up just thinking about it. 
we made a decision then and there to raise our son to know the Lord. As my dad said about his own kids, being that we were pastor's kids, you can't get to heaven on your parents' pant strings, but we are given the charge to lead them to know the Lord. In the desire and conviction to raise our kids a specific way, we aren't perfect. Gracious, the mistakes I have made as a parent. My own apologies I've had to give to my parents after experiencing things as a parent myself. I love sharing funny stories and precious pictures on social media. But if we're being honest here, there are days when it is ugly at our house. It is hard. It is tears, arguing, fighting over doing school, griping over what to do for dinner. And that's just the adults. (laughs) I kid, I kid. Well, sort of. Being a Christian, a believer, and a parent doesn't automatically mean we have it all figured out and that we make the best decisions every day. Trying our best, trying your best, that's what is important. Every day you get back up and face the morning knowing that there will be moments that you question God's decision to even allow you to have a child, much less raise one that is in the world but not of the world. Sometimes we get so caught up in the desire to make it all perfect when all we really need to do is let go of the control, let go of the ideas of perfection, let go of anxiety. Yes, oh my goodness, the anxiety of raising our children in this moment. I know I am surely not the only one who's woken up in the middle of the night with a racing heart and overwhelming thoughts of how in the world am I going to get through this or what a horrendous day we just had. I am not made for this. I know that many will say that homeschooling isn't for them. I've heard it before. I'm not here to judge your decisions, but I am here to have honest and real talk. If you're here listening, then I consider you a friend. If we weren't friends before, we are now. That's just how it is, even if we've never met. And friends, true friends, are straightforward, even when it's difficult to hear. So whether you've chosen homeschool or not, whether you've raised your kids already or are just starting out, it is your responsibility. It is our responsibility to raise warriors, to raise believers, to raise a child that is innocent but will grow to know the Lord. We have been given charge over these lives and even on the messy days when we want to crawl into a space of darkness and despair, know that you were chosen to parent these children. No one else was chosen. You. Me. How dare we take such an enormous responsibility and not be willing to fight to the death to protect, provide, educate, and lead them? How dare we allow the world to tell us what is best? I don't mean just with medical decisions. I don't mean with just one thing or another. I mean with it all. Now, if you've considered homeschool and thought, oh, I'd love to, but it's not for us, or I can never do that, or you've prayed, cried, fretted over what to do with your kids in a world of chaos, I am telling you that you can. Not because you are some special human being that is above anyone else, not because you are the smartest, most talented, most educated, but because you were chosen to fulfill a plan. And you can't screw that up. The only way to screw it up is by not doing it. If you're currently homeschooling and you're doubting your capabilities, listen, that fear and doubt is not from the Lord. It is not from the one who led you down this path. You can do this. 
If it means throwing everything out the window that you're doing now because it's just not working and finding something that does, do it. Do it today. You don't have to start at a certain time. You can begin again whenever you need to. That's how life is. When something isn't working, when the weight of the world is like hands around our throats and strangling us to death, that's the moment when we have a choice. We can succumb to the pain and the fear. We can give in and we can do what's easiest. Or we can stand up and fight back. You can cry out to the one who called you his own. The one who breathed life into you all those years ago. The one who breathed life into your own children before they were born. The one who created you is the same today. His power and ability is enough to bring life to an empty womb. It is enough to part a sea for an entire nation of people to walk through on dry ground. It is enough to move heaven and earth, and he will fight for you, with you. Stand up against the world. Be in the world, but not of the world. Your children, they'll see you. They'll see your example. They'll follow you. Lead them the way that you know you should be leading. If yesterday was a complete disaster, if all the days leading up to this moment have been an utter mess, give it over to him. He will take the burden and he will lead you where you should go. He will protect, provide, educate, and lead. The question today was, who do our kids belong to? I want to turn that question to you. Who do your kids belong to? Do they belong to the world? You? The Lord? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to protect them? To lead them? I have no doubt that you can. It doesn't mean life will be ideal. It doesn't mean there won't be days when you still battle with struggles. It doesn't mean you'll suddenly have the perfect meal planned and on the dinner table every night and your kids will happily eat up everything without complaint. (sighs) Wouldn't that be something? It also doesn't mean your kids will grow up never knowing pain, temptation, mistakes, or otherwise. However, I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to lay down and let them just be swept away into a world of darkness that has nothing for them except to make them feel they aren't perfectly made, they aren't loved, they aren't acceptable, they aren't chosen for a purpose higher than being the most popular and mainstream. In a world that is full of confusion, be a light. Teach your children to be a light. What a wonderful thing to know that we don't have to have it all together in order to be a good parent. You know that, right? I have had to tell myself that many times, even when I know the truth, and I will likely have to tell myself that again. If you're struggling with fear and frustration as a parent, whether in something I've mentioned in this podcast today or something completely different, please know that he is faithful. He believes in you, and I do too. If I could give you a hug in person, I sure would. If I saw you face to face right now, I would give you the biggest smile and let you know I'm in your corner. I'm fighting with you. And since I can't hug you and you can't see my smile behind this microphone, just know that I still think and believe the same either way. Over on social media last week, I asked for your participation. I wanted to try out a new segment called Puzzle Pollyanna. Now, if you enjoy this and I end up doing it again, I'm not sure if I'll keep the name, but the idea is you give me random objects and then I plug them into a picker wheel to randomly choose one and have me create a positive life lesson on whatever is chosen. So, 
right before I recorded this episode, I did the picker wheel and there were 19 submissions. Now this may end badly or it may it might make me sound ridiculous, but I'm excited to try it out. Before I do that, I am needing your help. If this episode or even another one of mine has spoken to you in any way, would you be willing to share it with someone else who may be needing some encouragement with faith, homeschool, health, or life? If someone shared this with you, you found a friend. The way a podcast gets traffic is through word of mouth, and I would sure appreciate it. You can also leave a review or rating if the platform you listen on offers that as an option. Okay, now to the object lesson. I've not planned this ahead of time, so this should be interesting. (laughs) The item the picker wheel chose was a crayon. Now, whenever I first saw it get picked, I thought, okay, this is going to be an easy one compared to especially some of the other ones that were suggested. And I thought about the fact of, oh, well, I could easily say, you know, there's so many different colors in the box. And so there's all these different kinds of people in the world. And we all come together as one or, or the saying about like a broken crayon still colors. So, you know, you're perfect, even if you're broken. And, you know, and I thought about those things. And, and I was like, well, I could take the easy way out and totally just latch on to one of those and call it good. But then that wouldn't be me. That would be somebody else somebody else's story. (laughs) And thinking about a crayon, I think about what that means. So right now, recording this podcast, I am sitting on my bed in my bedroom. And I've got my laptop, my microphone sitting on a little lap desk on top of my bed. On the wall behind me, I have some pictures that my kids have drawn over the years. They're super cute. Um, There's some horses. There's some of us together. They're adorable. I think about all the times whenever maybe I drew a picture for my own parents or whenever my kids have brought me pictures over the years and they're super cute and the kids are so proud and you love them because of who made them, right? And it could look super simple. It could all be just one color. (laughs) Sometimes it's messy, but as parents, we love it. Now, I know that there are a lot of arts and crafts that come home from schools that then parents are like, okay, how do I nonchalantly throw these away because I can't have piles of coloring papers <laughs> for years to come? But it doesn't stop the love that we have for the pictures that they've taken the time to create for us, right? Well, God also sees that kind of beauty. Now, sometimes In those pictures, like I said, the kids have all the same color or, you know, sometimes they try to mix the colors and they all end up muddling into this brown color. And then you're left to be like, oh, yes, honey, that is just beautiful. (laughs) But God, like, I mean, he loves what we bring to him because he loves us, too. And he knows our hearts desire to bring him joy, just like our children just long to bring us joy by bringing those things that they have proudly worked so hard on creating. So when you think about a crayon, when I think about a crayon, I think about the messy pictures. I think about the time and care and creativity it took. I think about the love that came behind it. And I think about how God sees the beauty in us. He loves what we bring to him because he loves us and he knows our heart's desire to bring him joy. So we can bring our mess. We can bring our messy pictures. (laughs) We can bring our broken lives. And we can bring our love to him. And you know what he's going to do? He will 
handle it with joy and care, proudly hang it up on his wall. (laughs) Not a real wall, you know what I'm talking about. But he will love it because of who it came from. So there you go. There's my life lesson for today. Hope it didn't disappoint. (laughs) I'd love to connect. So make sure to find me on Facebook and Instagram, or you can send me a quick email at Courtney at imperfectlypollyanna.com. I've put that in the show notes for you. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's show. I'd love to hear what you think about Puzzle Pollyanna. Does it work? Does it not work? Did you find something encouraging? What stuck out to you? Is there a question that you have? Is there a topic that you would like for me to cover and us to chat more about? Do you just need to vent to someone who's going to just sit and listen? Shoot me a quick message on any platform where you can find me. I would love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to subscribe. That way you can know when new episodes are available. Remember you are loved and I am glad you are here. See you next time.